Since the beginning of time, people have always found creative ways of communicating. This is my way. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and we need to talk. live in neighborhoods that are nice and quiet, and then some people live where we live. Welcome to We Need to Talk. Today, Ethan's back. Hello, I'm back again. So, I just spent 15 minutes waiting for the neighbors to stop making noise so that we could do this show. At least 15. Mm, I'm pretty sure they're not done making noise yet. Oh no, no way. I don't like to complain about my life situation, because life is wonderful, and life is getting really great for you and me, but... Knock on, knock on wood. And too lovely. simultaneously, our neighbor was whistling for 10 minutes to get his kids to come back home while his youngest child was knocking on the metal screen door that reverberates through every bone in this building. And then all three of our other neighbors decided to pull in their garbage cans at the same time. Welcome to living on the east side of L.A. Although, to be fair... That youngest kid is freaking cute. He's super cute. He's and a little chubby, he's, bowl-cutted. Yeah, he's got a bowl-cutted, he's, he's chubby, and they're fun. Um, if you are someone who probably pays attention to the scheduling of this show, which I don't know if that's a person who exists, but yes, this <laughs> is a week late. But last week, I was supposed to do a show, but the day after my birthday, which was the last episode, I got the stomach virus. Oh, I didn't even realize that that was a podcast that, day. That was the, well, it wasn't the podcast day, because I did it on my birthday, and then it was supposed to come out that next Thursday. Right. But I could barely get off the couch, Whoopsie. let alone arrange to speak to some other person. Like, all I wanted was to just be quiet and watch my shows. Yep. Uh, and eat my crackers. So, we're a week late, but expect an episode today, and then one a week from today, because I'm going to get myself back on track, because there are five of you who are really counting on this. But today, how are you? I am tired, but good. Always. Um, <laughs> because now you and I are both working two jobs apiece. Well, I've been working... Mm, that's not that... I was going to say, I've been working two jobs for a long time. It hasn't been that long. It's been, like, two months. Right. Me and mine's been since January. I've been working two jobs, but we make do. I didn't tell you this until just now. Um, some, one of the, like, personnel managers showed me three positive reviews on the website that I got. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You've got positive reviews? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. It was good to see. That's really good. Congratulations. Thank you. What did they say? I mean, there, it was pretty standard stuff. Like, you know, Ethan was great. The facial was amazing. I'll definitely book him next time. Well, okay. I'm kind of like, I'll hold you to it. So if you want Deborah. a facial from Ethan, who is amazing, per Deborah, he's at Burke Williams. If you're willing to come out to Santa Monica on a weekend. But yeah, so last uh, episode was an episode that was bonus with the conversation with my parents. But just after I recorded that episode and edited it and put it together, you came in from work and you and Michelle Castle, friend of the show... Took me to a rooftop bar mm-hmm. downtown to have drinks, 
and it was actually really fun. And if and if I could bottle the energy that was your face when she stepped out of the elevator. Oh yeah. We would be able to retire early because <laughs> that face was the face of just well, joy and surprise. You know I love a surprise and you surprised me for my birthday. Actually you surprised me twice because I had only two drinks at the bar, so I wasn't even like getting hammered for my birthday because I don't do that anymore because I'm an old queen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the the bartender gave me a, not the bartender, but the manager of the the bar gave me a shot, which turned out to be actually like three shots of tequila in a mm-hmm. glass. Um, but again, got a little tipsy, but I didn't think anything of it. The next day. We woke up because you and Michelle also were taking me on an excursion for our bir- for my birthday, but I was feeling sick, and I thought it might be a little bit of a hangover thing, and I th- actually threw up for the very first time in 12 years. I don't like Which is a good up. record. It's a good record, but now it's, you know, it's like those signs in a restaurant. 392 days without an accident. Oh, no. That old lady just slipped. Yep. So we're back to square one. So it's been a week and four days since I've thrown up. Hooray. Um, But, yeah, I thought it was just a hangover thing, but I was sick all day. It was not a hangover thing. We should have probably also said before you started talking about this, trigger warning. We're talking about vomit. Oh, get over yourself. (laughs) If If you're triggered by vomit, then... You don't have to watch me do it. Plenty of people are. Well, they didn't. Like I said, they didn't have to watch me do it. Like the people at the at the San Diego Zoo had to watch me throw up in public. That's true. Which, to be fair, nobody was rude or weird about it. The worst thing that happened was some woman went, "Oh no, oh no." Yeah, but you know, and it's one of those self conscious things because I'm like, oh, she sure. probably thinks I got I'm hammered diseased. and can't. Well, no, she probably thinks I got hammered and can't handle my alcohol like a like a college frat boy or something and it's not that i had the stomach virus but i was trying to be brave but i'm glad i did it then and not on the ride home but yeah that was the excursion was uh you took me to the san diego zoo safari park yes which we did have a really great time at you somehow managed to vomit first thing in the morning and then as we were leaving the park yeah in in between there you were great i was i was having a really great time um until we went into the bat sanctuary it was super hot and and kind of snowy yeah it was like oh i'm sick gotta get out but yeah so 32 was good i like my i'm securely in my 30s now i'm definitely smack dab in the middle of my early 30s yep and that's okay because with age comes wisdom and for me, beauty, I've been losing weight left and right. Mm-hmm. So I feel I feel like I look better than I've looked in years, and I feel healthier than I've felt in years, which reminds me, I finally got health insurance. Hey! Applause! Because I am one of the few, well, actually, it's more than a few people who still don't have health insurance because this country's health system is all kinds of screwed up, but... Can't wait to go to the dentist and the doctor and all that jazz and start tweaking my body to get back in the health train. And I just got dental insurance for the first time as well. So now we're going to shop for dentists and have a family dentist. Adults. How about it? Yes. So an exciting thing you and I have been doing lately. Well, actually, exciting thing for me, and I hope it's exciting for you. You never had really 
the culture in your own life to watch a lot of television or movies or sort of get on the gravy train of what everybody else is doing uh, until I came along. Would that be accurate to say? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, So I've been, like, over the years, over the last nine years, I have been giving you shows to watch and giving you things that... Like, sharing shows, television shows especially, that are really important to me, because television is very important to me. So, yeah, so we're doing another show, which actually led us to a second show. I've been making you watch Beverly Hills 90210, because it's coming back for the reboot this season, this summer. Uh, for It's only going to be six episodes, though. So, it's not, it's kind of low-grade reboot. Well, we, we're in season two right now. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, are you excited about the reboot? Do you think it's going to be interesting or are you just like, "Mm, I got to see the whole thing? I got to see the whole thing. I will say that so far, Beverly Hills 90210 that I have to say because just 90210 is a different thing. Isn't Mm -hmm. that right? That's the spinoff. Okay. There's a spinoff season, a show that was on the CW. So far, it's been... Fine to watch, mm-hmm. but it's not something that I'm, like, loving. You know? Well, and here's the thing. Here's the reason that it's different now than it ever has been, because up until now, I have only shared shows with you that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And I do I do really love Beverly Hills 90210 for a nostalgia in my own life, because my whole right. family used to watch this together. It was really weird. Um But it's not a show that I'm, like, endorsing as one of the greatest shows of all time, yada, 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 because that's what I've always told you. I said, I'll never make you watch anything that isn't phenomenal. And up until now, that's been true, right? Right. The reason we're watching this is because you, like I said, you didn't watch television. So, uh, but I'm sharing with you, like, exemplary 1990s television. Right. Which brought us to another one. I was like, you know what? This would be a really cool experience for you because you never watch television. And Saved by the Bell is super important in pop culture. I'm going to start. Let's start watching Saved by the Bell together. Which I'm going to go out on a limb as somebody who's never seen an episode and say mm-hmm. that that is not what one would classify as phenomenal television. <laughs> no. Not at all. But it is what one would... Shh, these children... Uh, it is what one would classify extremely 90s television. Mm-hmm. Um, I need him to stop screaming. I knew that at some point I wanted you to watch Saved by the Bell just because you told me once that you really enjoy the really pop culture phenomenon, like experiencing that now so that you can have a frame of reference for when people are talking about it. Because you listen to whole podcasts about Saved by the Bell and had never seen an episode. Yes, I, there was. I can't remember what it's called, but there was an epi- There was a podcast where somebody would sit down and watch an episode of Saved by the Bell with a guest, and then they would discuss it. Never seen an episode, and I listened to a few of them just for fun. <laughs> I was like, Saved by the Bell is a thing. This person seems funny. Let's listen to this. Well, and I got to thinking about specifically, now her name is Tiffany Thiessen, but at the time in the 90s, she went by Tiffany Amber Thiessen, and she was the it girl on both shows. Um, She was, you know, the hottest ticket in town on both of those shows. So it was really interesting to see the juxtaposition of Saved by the Bell Kelly Kapowski to Beverly Hills 90210 Valerie Malone. And just the complete, I mean, like, neither of the shows are, like, phenomenal shows, but 
the juxtaposition of her two characters is really fascinating to watch. Her acting processes. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, okay, so this isn't great television, but those two characters, she delves into some really crazy different parts of her brain to pull out these shows. Because one's this perky, you know, perky, dirky... Perky Durky. Cheerleader girl. Hashtag Perky Durky. Perky Durky. Uh, and then on Beverly Hills 9029, she plays the bad girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, okay, Kelly Kapowski's got a dark side. But we started talking about it because there's a show, there's a movie that you wanted me to watch that I'd never seen. Because, I mean, everybody has those things that you go through watching that you just, how did you miss it? How did you miss that? I have never seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And apparently, you were clutch your pearls dumbstruck that I'd never seen this movie. And it's not because, but that's the thing. We had an interesting conversation last night because last night you started watching it again. And what was your assessment of it? Well, it's not because I think that that's a movie that everybody has seen. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a movie that you would have seen. Oh, gotcha. It's not at all a movie that everybody needs to see, because I was telling you last night, um, you had a fairly late shift, um, so I like was doing laundry and having a little like quiet time at home, so while I was folding laundry and eating dinner, I started the first part of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. I'll rewind by saying, sometime a couple of weeks ago, we were able to spend a lot of time together here at home on like a mutual off day, or like... Something like that. And I was like, we should watch Chitty Bang Bang. And you were like, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of sleepy. I don't know if I can... I mean, you're very honest about the fact that there's something about a movie that you will just conk out at. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm already feeling a little bit sleepy. I'm sure I'll fall asleep. How long is it? And I was like, it's not long. It's like an hour and 45 minutes. No problem. It's like a three hour and 15 minute movie. <laughs> there's an intermission. And I super forgot that. <laughs> I was like, oh, never mind. We can't watch this tonight. Oh, it's shorter than... It's longer than some miniseries on television. Um, There's that and Gone with the Wind. Right. Gone with the Wind is like four hours. Um, um, so, but I started watching the movie... I think it was last night. It was last mm-hmm. night, wasn't it? And the movie begins with what is probably a good solid three minutes of just black screen with the sound of race cars. And I was Three like, minutes? and I, I'm not kidding. It's a long time. I was like, is this broken? Did something happen? And then the picture came up and I was like, oh, so that's just a long time mm-hmm. of them establishing like, these are race cars. Right. There's no words on the screen or anything. It's not like well, there's I'm opening credits. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it because D- Dick Van Dyke is one of my heroes. I mean, he's just phenomenal, especially on like the Dick Van Dyke show. But I've loved movies he always has always done like Mary Poppins and was he in Bob Bob Birdie? Um, yes, I think so. Well, I don't know why I'm even asking that because I've never seen Bob Bob Birdie. I haven't either. <laughs> but um, but no, I've always loved Dick, loved Dick Van Dyke. Um, so I am excited to see it. But you were telling me you were like this doesn't really hold up as much as I thought it did. <laughs> I find that it's still a very enjoyable movie to watch. Mm-hmm. It is a is it a good movie? Uh, probably not. It's <laughs> not great quality. Um, the like the my honestly so far my favorite thing rewatching it about it has been the sets and the costumes. Really? There's what is it set? What's the setting? Edwardian England. Oh okay. And, and the early aughts. Um, 
even though Dave Van Dyke, who is not doing any version of an accent whatsoever, is the father of these two blonde British So it's children. set in England, uh-huh. and he's American. And he's there, he's like, which hello, was, children. Which was made first, Mary Poppins or Chicky 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 Bang Bang? That's a good question. Chicky Chicky Bang Bang. 1968. 64 is Mary, um, Mary Poppins. I know that one. So Mary Poppins. So Mary Poppins came first. So maybe they were like, okay, we want you to be oh English God. again. But don't but, try. But don't do what you did in Mary Poppins. But we're also not going to explain what happened. Like, who, who did you, are these children illegitimate? Is your is the mother dead? <laughs> did you was go she? to boarding school in America? Nobody knows. Wait, there's no mother? No. So it's an American father with English children. With two blonde British children. There's no mother. Mm, okay. Well, and that's the thing is, like, I told you... How did... I want to know... I want to figure out how is it you described it exactly. Um, not quality, but enjoyable. Something. But I was just like, take that template. Because I've already started you on two episodes of Saved by the Bell. And um, I was like, take that Critique. Oh, I remember what you over. I know Saved what by the Bell. I compared it to something. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I was just like, Saved by the Bell is not quality. Right. Jesse Spano gets hooked on caffeine pills and she thinks she's dying. Yeah. Um. But and they do. You know, it's it's very hokey dokey. Um. Not not to be confused with Perky Durky, but hokey dokey. <laughs> <laughs> um. Saturday morning, you know, Saturday yeah. morning sitcom, and it wasn't even popular when it, like, I don't know, like, it was back in the day, I think this was the end of the era when TV shows got 35 chances, because it started as a pilot for NBC, and they were like, no thanks, because it was Good Morning Miss Bliss with, um, Haley Mills of Disney fame, uh, as a teacher of a sixth grade class, and... Um, NBC was just like, no thanks, we'll pass. And then Disney was like, how about a junior high? Miss Bliss teaches junior high, so they do 13 episodes. And they're like, no thanks, we're done here. And so NBC's like, maybe if they go to high school with these kids and get rid of the teacher, but keep that stupid principal, because he's kind of funny, we'll do it. And so it did, it it took off. And then even after the first season, they they were like, "Mm, this is not good. We're going to cancel it again. And then they did one mall tour and they saw everybody was like fanatic over it. And well, don't worry, we'll watch the Lifetime biopic of this movie too. I'll make you watch that because fun story, the same girl who plays Kelly Kapowski slash Tiffany Amber Thiessen on the Saved by the Bell biopic for Lifetime Movie Network is the same girl who plays Valerie, Mal- Valerie Malone, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, in the biopic of Beverly Hills 90210 on the Lifetime Movie Network biopic. And these aren't Fun like... Stuff. And it's, these aren't like documentaries. They're like... No, they're biopics. Actresses and actors playing mm-hmm. real actors and actresses. Yep. Oh, my. It's a lot. Like... I might have to veto that. No, you can't. There's no... Oh. You have no choice. Because if you're going to take... Executive saga, order. The whole saga. But... You're going to be excited when we get to um, Saved by the Bell, the college years, because ah, Dean McMahon is played by Holland Taylor, the goddess of American theater and television. I don't know if I've ever seen anything with her in it. Did you see George of the Jungle? Oh, yeah. You keep telling me this. Yes, I did. You did? She yeah. plays the, the she mom. Plays the Ursula. Mom, Ursula's mom. Mm-hmm. 
I'm excited to see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Are you excited to get to the high school years of Saved by the Bell? I am, I guess, just because isn't that like what everybody cares about? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know that anybody really cares, but it's nostalgia. Um, so what are what all do you know about Saved by the Bell? Like what are the like some of the what were the some of the ones that you've known about just because you're a human alive on planet Earth? So Of course the Drug addiction by Jesse uh-huh. Fano. Which is... Which I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. The cat is looking around like, why is this my life? You chose me. Regret that now, you little idiot? <laughs> After traveling across the country twice? <laughs> but anyway. Um, I know that the two of the main characters... And tr- to be fair, I only noticed this because... I, as a gay person, notice the boys and the men on the TV show. For all I know, the, you have a thing for screech, huh? the girls were the same, <laughs> but Mark Paul Gossler and Mario Lopez looked way too good to be high schoolers. Oh, for sure. All three of the girls did. And then there really? was Screech. And then there was Screech. Um, yeah, no, like, Kelly Kapowski was everything for everyone. And Jesse Spano, she wasn't, like, the bombshell, but she's beautiful. Answer me this. Mm-hmm. How many seasons? It's hard to say. Before the college years. Five seasons, technically. Okay. But season one was Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Uh-huh. And then, and it was just Good Morning, Miss Bliss. It was never Saved by the Bell. But it's the same but Because cast. it's the same characters and, the, and some of the same cast, including Mr. Belding, in reruns, you'll never see Good Morning, Miss Bliss in reruns. You'll only see... Saved by the Bell, um, and used to there were buffers when I was growing up because or when when after not really when I was growing up but when I was watching it in reruns, they had buffer scenes um, where Zach would say back in junior high, and he would explain the synopsis oh, yeah. of the episode, and then they would go to junior high and they would do it to kind of tie it in. So they folded it in because really Saved by the Bell was only four seasons: freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior years. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's five. And then there's a sixth, the college years. And then there's a TV special called Saved by the Bell Hawaiian Style. And then there's a series finale, or like a whole like franchise finale uh, TV special as well. So. so throughout their whole time, really just in high school, mm-hmm. and then season one. Answer me this. Yeah. Did nobody ever make fun of Lisa Turtle for her name? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, that's good, but also... Lisa what? Turtle was supposed to be a Jew, though. Really? Mm-hmm. In casting. That's what I read. It was supposed to be a little white Jewish girl, but then Lark Voorhees had the chutzpah to go in there and be like, I'm a black girl and I'm taking this role. Thank you so much. Well, good for her, but if that's what but they wanted... But now crazy, so... Well, we should not say that. We should say that she is experiencing right. problems. She is having some mental issues that... That you know, I could very well see myself getting into at some point if I was going unchecked and unprayed for. Exactly. So I know that Zach is supposed to be the heartthrob slash people your age, and I guess my age too, because we're not that far apart. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, what are you trying to say here? Although it is more so people like we are at that weird. Cut Actually, off. it's it, it's really not people my age. It's really people wailed with me because the show premiered like Good Morning Miss Bliss was in '89. I was two years old when it came on. Right. And then 
they graduated in 1993, so this wasn't a show geared towards people. I was in kindergarten in 1993. This wasn't a show for me. But anyway, continue. But what I was going to say is, it is people who are more like your age, and maybe a few years older, who are like doing podcasts and doing blogs and this, that, and the other now, because Saved by the Bell is this, um, this like comfort zone place for them. And there's that theme that's everywhere of Zach Morris' trash. Really? Yes, did you not know that? No. Yes, there's this whole brigade of people who call him trash because all he does for the whole show is get by using his charm and good looks to weasel other people into doing things Oh, yeah, you're, if you feel that, if you're already listening to those outside sources, you're going to be so annoyed with him at well, times. Well, it's funny to me that... Because I, he does. I mean, he's 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 the charming... He's, he's a charmer. Well, he's it's funny schemer. to me that that's basically who he was from episode one of the show, where Miss Bliss, before she got kicked off, was telling him, like, just a pretty smile will not get you through in life, Zach. And yet, <laughs> Irish. many people, many episodes <laughs> in, seasons and seasons and seasons go by, and he's still doing the same stuff. Right. But people's, from what I understand, people's, like, biggest, like, problem with him, and this is a problem that I've had with other characters in other TV shows, and other people in other reality TV shows, maybe like RuPaul's Drag Race, <laughs> the rules don't seem to apply to people who are pretty enough and charming enough. Like, other people would have gotten in trouble for things that mm-hmm. Zach does, but because he's Zach, he doesn't get in trouble for But him. looking at him from episode one of Good Morning Miss Bliss slash season one of Saved by the Bell, isn't he just adorable? Like... First of all, that hair. J- well, that's fake. Of course, it, of course it is. You can totally see like an inch of root in some of those shots. Mm-hmm. But Cause he's, he's, it looks very today. The style and the color and everything. Not Indonesian. He's something. He's uh, he's some Asian, Asia Pacific, Pacific Islander something or other. Uh, half. Mm-hmm. His mom's like something. Yeah, but no. So they he was black hair. He had, or he had like hair, and they dyed it blonde to be the surfer dude. Um, but isn't he so charming? Yeah, and just so cute. Um, but yeah, and th- that's a, that's another thing in uh, Dustin Diamond's book. He wrote that Zach or that Mark Paul Gossler went on steroids before the college years because he got jacked. And I'm like, or maybe he just went to the gym. It's possible. I mean, that's what some people do. I mean, Lord knows, for some of us, it's harder than others to try to put on some masks, but steroids yeah. is not the only way that happens. Right, for sure. Especially and by then, he probably had, like, I mean, he probably could have asked the studio for a, a trainer, and they would have given it to him. He didn't even have to use his own money for it, probably. I don't know. I don't know if Saved by the Bell was ever that prominent. To the, they'd be like, get him a trainer. But maybe. Who knows? Um, and also, why does nobody... Why is nobody accusing Mario Lopez of being on steroids? He looked like that when he was supposed to be in 10th grade. I don't know. I guess because Mario Lopez has always been fit and just ripped and everything. I have his biography over there. I'm going to read it soon. But let's be honest. I have everybody's biography over mm-hmm. there. Except for Sally Field. But that's a whole other that's podcast. That's a travesty. Well, I'm waiting for it to come to the bargain section. <laughs> um, let's see. What else do I know? Um... I mean, Screech is, like, a weirdo loser. I feel kind of bad for him, because he's always been, like, a complete loser. That's how they marketed him. But he does have some really really interesting moments. Um, And here's something you'll be glad of, because after 
directly after they graduated on Saturday morning, uh, Saved by the Bell, you know, Bayside class of 1993, they started a, a show called Bayside, or Saved by the Bell, the new class. And for one season, it went for one season, but after um, that first season, I mean, it went for like seven seasons, but, and uh, Mr. Belding just kept going on that, um, the principal, but after the college years ended, Dustin Diamond went back to be like a teacher's aide at Bayside, and he was on all the new class too. So he, it was his choice. Like, he played six seasons and then six more. So, he played Screech for, like, 12 years. Right. And I was like, well, you should have walked away from it. But then he got arrested for punching somebody at a strip club in Minnesota. So, that's... That's just a... Your own problems. A heavy so, sentence. At some point, you have to take responsibility for your own life and stop blaming other people. Right. But the same could be said for Lark Voorhees. <laughs> True. But, and I, this is what I said to you, those two are yet another, you know, source of proof that children should not be allowed to act. <laughs> I mean, who's going to be the kids then on shows? Maybe there's just no shows about kids. Maybe there no are no shows kids on shows. Listen, one day... Okay, here's the thing. Let's see how well the modern family gets turned out. If they all turn out okay, fine. Well, they're all adults now. But they all started when they were kids. That's right. what I'm saying. So if they all turn out okay, Fine. My case is closed. Well, you know, I want because there'll be TV shows that we're going to watch, classic TV shows for the rest of all time that we're going to be watching together. Two shows that I think we would should be watching together. One definitely is Little House on the Prairie. You'll see how those kids are. And two, because look at Melissa Gilbert. She turned out phenomenally eventually. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, she doesn't seem like she's gone through some trauma in her life at all. <laughs> she's done. A, she's had a lot of trauma. Haven't we had a lot of trauma? We weren't on TV shows. We lost all of our money in New York. We moved to California together. We'd had trauma. And we weren't on a TV show. I didn't have drug abuse, but, you know, I could (laughs) have. But no. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Because she seems so with it. Who? Uh, uh, Lark Voorhees. Oh, uh uh-huh. Because when, um, when, during the filming of Save by the Bell, Lark Voorhees and Mark Paul Gosler were dating hot and heavy. But then she got married to that guy on, or married to that guy that was in a gang. Oh my. Yeah, but they're divorced now. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, since you asked me that, I'll ask you, what do you know about Titty Titty Bang Bang? Not a lot. Just that Dick Van Dyke is in it, and doesn't the car fly? Does the car fly? It does. That's, I like... Does it come through like... Wait, no, that's Kirby. Come through! Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> I think that's I get, Kirby. I think, no, because I was... Okay, so do you remember the masterpiece, the Disney masterpiece VHS releases that we would get all the show, all the movies like the Walt Disney masterpiece classics that like Aladdin... And sure. Like all the classics. Uh-huh. Well, they always had the, the opening credit advertisements, you know, on the, on the VHSs. Oh, uh-huh. It's like... Bring home Disney. Um, I remember one where Kirby like was like driving, but it like landed on the lake and bounced off the lake or whatever. Who's Kirby? Kirby the love bug. Oh, Herbie. Herbie. Oh, I was like Kirby the little pink Nintendo no, character. No, Kirby. Herbie the love bug. Okay, Kirby. Herbie. See, there's so many like secular worlds that collide because 
you love Kirby, and Herbie is Disney, which I love, and ironically, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and yeah. Anastasia mm-hmm. are both movies that are not Disney that everybody thinks is complete Disney. Yep. But that's Angela Lansbury's fault. Why is that her fault? Because, because she played Mrs. Potts and the Grand Duchess, whatever, whatever? Yeah, that people thought that Disney owned her, and they don't. They don't. Um, but come through, Angela Lansbury. <laughs> Solve then, those murders. So, um, so yeah, so the car flies. Uh-huh. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. And there's a song. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Oh, you. Yeah. Pretty, chitty, bang. Yeah, that's pretty it. Chitty, bang. How do you know that? Because I watched Ace Ventura when nature calls. I've never seen that. What does that mean? <laughs> he sings it in that movie. Does he really? Yeah, like, How in weird. a very annoying way. Like, he's trying to annoy somebody, I think. Uh, I can't remember, but you're going to watch those movies, too. But, um, yeah, I don't. That's the only reason I know it. Okay. Because he, because then he gets, like, he tries to do it all in one breath or something. <laughs> so, he's, so, by the end, he's going, oh, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, whoever wrote that music, there was a lot of, like, snatch breaths, as we called them, in music. What's a snatch breath? Where you, like... It's like, oh, you, you, so like, you take a, quick breaths in between words. It's not a natural breathing space in a song. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't like you that. You just got to catch your breath. Yeah. I don't like that. Uh, but yeah, that's all I know, really. Who are the kids? Who plays them? Do they, I don't are know. they famous? They're or? not. But the little girl I like. The little boy, not so much. Oh. But then when they sing, it's a little sad. Because. <laughs> Why? They just kind of like, you know, it's the, like children singing. And it's kind of, it's always annoying. Um, Sally Ann Hose plays Truly Scrumptious. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> She's gorgeous. I don't, her name is Truly Scrumptious. Yeah. Uh, and this was written by Roald Dahl, by the way, so. What is his name? Karatikus Car- Potts. Karatikus Potts. That's Dick Van Dyke. And then there's Truly Scrumptious. And then there's just Toymaker, Benny Hill. Oh, Benny Hill's in it, okay. And oh, Lionel Jeffries. That. Oh, I like Lionel Jeffries. Is Baron Bumburst as Gert... Frobe. He's funny. Um, Anna Quayle is Baroness Bumpurst. Lord Scrumptious. So her name is Truly Scrumptious and Lord Scrumptious. That's like Lovey Howell or something. James Robertson. I'm trying. There's nobody I know in this at all. Child character. (laughs) Oh, child catcher. There's a a character named child catcher. Um, Jeremy. Adrian, oh, that's the boy. Adrian Hall, Jeremy. Okay, and then Barbara Windsor plays blonde. <laughs> so, blonde. Jemima. Jemima, that's Heather the girl. Ripley that's the daughter. Plays Jemima. I like her. The boy. Davy so K. Admiral. First spy. Oh, the um, spies are funny. Okay, there's a lot of moments in this movie that are very like, um, Three Stooges esque. Okay. So I think you'll like you'll, those you'll, parts. Yeah. So, I'm dead. Also, I'm just, and I was also telling you last night, I think you'll like the grandfather. His mm-hmm. first appearance, he walks out of the house. Like, there are moments, there are so many moments that happen in this movie that you're like, oh, that's, that reminds me of Three Stooges. And then anytime the grandfather's on stage, it's like, oh, they took a character from, like, Monty Python's Flying Circus and just <laughs> planted it in this movie. <laughs> well, that's what it feels, because, like, I'm looking at the IMDb, and the last six characters uh, in the top cast is inventor, 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 inventor. There's six inventors. I have no I idea know. what this movie's about. 
I cannot wait to watch it. So, no. the first scene that the grandfather is in, um, he walks out of the house and does this, like, crab walk mm-hmm. to the outhouse. And he walks Why? Past, and he walks past, and he's dressed in, like, safari gear with a cane and everything. And he's doing, like, a grapevine. That's more, that's not a crab walk, it's like a grapevine. He's grapevining out to the outhouse. And he passes by what's truly scrumptious. <laughs> And she gives her, like, this weird look, and he... Oh, truly scrumptious is a judgmental bitch, huh? Oh, she's very judgmental. Oh, well, somebody needs to go look at that birth certificate and be like, who's judgy? And he gives her a tip of the hat, and he says, Good afternoon, madam. I'm off to India. And then he goes into the outhouse. <laughs> so it's basically very English, very... Very British. Like, very, very British. British humor, very... Or, like, American people's version of humor when they're... Doing humor at the expense of the British people. I don't think so. I think it's written by British people. Because you remember, because that's how, because you remember when um, uh, Kim Cattrall was doing a, an English accent, mm-hmm. and she's like, "I was born in India." So yeah. Yeah, but no, I, just, I think it's written by British people. It feels very British, the whole thing. Well, and all, the only other thing I'll say about it is, the title of the movie is the name of the car. Mm-hmm. The car itself does not come in until maybe 25 minutes into the movie. Okay. And well, there you go. Toward the end, there's a fantasy sequence that ends up not being a fantasy. So you're, you're in for it. You're in for a treat. Well, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to watch that soon. Uh, we're going to watch Saved by the Bell, Beverly Hills 90210, and we'll reconvene at some point and give our thoughts. But for now, let's go for a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about something a little more serious. Let's do it. We are back, and something that has been in the news a lot lately, especially since I started noticing that Pete Buttigieg has been speaking on speaking on it a lot, is the ability of prisoners to vote, and whether or not people who are um, convicted felons who have served their their debt to society should they be able to vote. And I thought that would be something interesting for us to really kind of delve into here on the show. I know that Kendall wanted to talk about it. Kendall Shimonclaw, who was mm-hmm. on a few weeks ago about talking about polyamory, she had some big opinions of this. And so, yeah. Do you have any initial thoughts on it before we kind of unpack it a little bit? I mean, it's a very, you know, complex and nuanced issue. Mm-hmm. Um to me, the first question that comes to mind is, okay, well, what does one, what is required of one to be able to vote? You have to be a citizen. Mm-hmm. You have to be 18 years old. You have to be 18 years old. And ostensibly, you have to have not committed a felony. Right. Um, so that then, kind of, for me, kind of raises the question of, okay, so if someone has committed a felony, does that then mean that they are no longer considered a citizen of the country? Right. That's where it becomes... That's, to me, where, like, the crux of the issue is. Are you saying that if somebody's committed a felony, they're no longer a citizen? And if so, then, like... And that's not true, because you don't get any any other rights of a citizenship taken away, except for the ability to work for the government. You can't be, like, a TSA agent or something like that. Um, I don't know if you can... I don't think you could... I would assume you can't work for the post office if you've committed a felony. 
Um, but I, I mean, should that change? Should that should stop being able to vote? Because I mean, I think there might you might be able to vote in some states now. I think it's a state by state issue, but pretty much country nation countrywide 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 living, uh, pretty much nationwide. I think it's kind of it is state by state, but it's pretty unanimous across the country that you can't vote if you're committed a felon. Yeah, but I think it's coming up. And Pete Buttigieg think is saying you should be able to vote if you've committed a felon and you've served your time, your uh, debt to society, and you're back to being a free person. You should be able to vote. Um, but he also pretty adamantly said no, you shouldn't be able to vote if you are in in prison. Yeah. Here's what I think. If it's it feels to me like removing the right and the privilege of voting in elections from somebody uh, is more of like a punishment than something that mm-hmm. something that the government has has decided is you know an equal sort of counter to somebody having committed a felony they're like okay you committed a felony we're taking this right away from you right. you don't get to vote anymore like that's your slap on the wrist kind of thing mm-hmm. except more, more well, serious than that. I mean, that, that's the lasting slap on the wrist. Yes, Because exactly. you, depending on, I mean, whatever your prison sentence yes. is mm. your actual punishment. Wouldn't it be more beneficial for everybody involved if the lasting effect of somebody having committed a felony was, like, government-sanctioned therapy or well, and that's, something like that, that? And that, that sort of delves into a whole other realm of complete prison reform, which is not the subject of today's topic. So well, but it might lead there. That's the thing. But that's the thing. A lot of people, myself included, feel that there should be a, a much greater aspect of prison life that is devoted to rehabilitation. Right. Um, giving life skills, giving treatment, giving substance abuse um Support because I'm sure there's a lot of people in there who you don't you you're you're a substance abuser and because for whatever reason whether it be because you were self medicating or because you are a drug addict or alcoholic which is a disease that deserves an ample amount of sympathy you're you're abusing drugs and you're thrown in jail deal deal with yeah it. exactly and you there's know, this uh, there's definitely this mentality especially in areas of the country where we are from. Mm-hmm. I was about to say that. It's a, there's a big... I think you're about to say exactly what I was Where thinking. people seem to come in. The correction... The, the like... How the prison system works. Mm-hmm. With this idea of, like... It's not the prison system that's broken. It's the people who are in it. Right. Like, these people... All these people who go into prison and then serve their time, quote-unquote, and then get out and then get right back in. They're like, oh, well, it's the people. It's not the system. Well, and they, and they have this attitude... Where we're from, there are a lot of people who say things like, well, if you wanted the right to vote, then you should have thought about that before you committed a felony. And they think, and then they're like, you know, if you want to give prisoners books to read, well, if you wanted to read some books, you thought should have thought about that before you committed a felony. There's people where we come from who want them to sit in a jail cell and rot yeah, because of the stuff that they've done. And I'm sorry, that's just... That's a lack of empathy that is not your place. Right. 
You know, you that, to me that a lot of Christians where we come from, and I do self-identify as a Christian. Um, they love to play God, and I think that's mm-hmm. partly because they love to judge and they like they love to say, "Oh, this is a sin, and that's going to send you to hell." Yada yada. I think that's a little bit in the same vein of of the judgmental Christian of well, you, you should have thought about that before you committed the crime, and there's just no there's a complete lack of empathy in that. Um, and I saw on the, on some threads that I was looking at the other day that said, well, if they wanted to vote, they shouldn't have committed the thing. Like people are like, no, prisoners should not vote. Um, prisoners should not vote convicted felons who are released on good behavior or because they have served their full sentence should not vote because they committed a felony. What do you personally think? In my ideal situation, it would look like this. People who are incarcerated for incarcerated please welcome to the stage incarcerated um for a felony Uh should not vote while they're in prison gotcha ideally prison again this is my ideal situation my little utopia of how that would work Mm -hmm. their time in prison wouldn't just be like we're gonna throw you in a jail cell and for sure Leave you to your demons. Your you ideal know? situation would would be like would involve a lot of rehabilitation. We're gonna take you out of the world, do our best to rehabilitate you. There is a, there should you. be an element of punishment though. I mean, it can't just be you're gonna be taken out of the world because you're damaged. So let's fix you. Oh yeah. There's also not, an element of you you we're not sending them committed to vehicular manslaughter and you need to be punished for this kind of thing. Too. We're not sending them to passages Malibu. Right. We're, you know, there's again like. You you committed vehicular manslaughter. Okay, you don't get to drive anymore. Right. For the rest of your life. So you'd be okay with that. Like, you never get to drive anymore because you've committed vehicular manslaughter, but we're not going to take every ability of yours to have a life away from you. And then, to me, it seems like, I mean, you know, obviously the worst case scenarios that we can come up with are things like rape and murder. Right. For those kind of situations, I mean, the best thing that I can think of would be we're gonna ha- we're gonna you know take you out of the world put you mm-hmm. in this prison try our best to rehabilitate you once you have you know proven to us that you can be released mm-hmm. here's your follow up program this is mandatory psychiatric help this is mandatory like ther- counseling so you, you want to do the this. follow up after prison what do you mean like or do you mean during prison psychiatric help while well during and after yeah Follow-ups. Like, intensive sure. work while Yeah, because you, need to, be, you then, need to be nurtured a little when you are coming back to... Because I've heard stories like when somebody got went to prison for 20 years and they got out and, like, they didn't know so what much cell phones yeah. were and they didn't know what the internet was yeah. and stuff. So it was just so different that right. they couldn't... It was freaking them out. So, but, uh, but then also more so for me, it's this idea of like, once we've released you back out into the real world, we have, you need to keep coming back to having these regular visits, mm-hmm. having these regular psychiatric checkups in a way for us to make sure that you are still okay. But what about voting? Then after a probationary period, once you've been released from prison, we'll have a probationary period. Mm-hmm. Six months. A year, so you think ultimately, like Yes. And then, Convicted once felons. that probationary period has passed, if you have shown all the good signs and you're on the right track, then yes, you will get the right to vote back after six months a year, whatever that probationary period would look like. 
if so you commit he, another felony, mm-hmm. gone for the rest of your life. Gotcha. Well, okay. So, and I had, uh, there's a, an acquaintance, I will call him, um, who commented on one of my posts on Facebook who was saying, I think that prisoners should be able to vote because prisoners, they're people who are having decisions made about them that they have no say Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. What do you feel about that? Um, I don't... I don't know. I mean, it's a valid point to make. Um, I do think that part of... For me, the issue of the prisoner who is in prison, voting or not voting, mm-hmm. isn't so much an issue of their rights as a citizen. It's more about their... Ability to recover. Right. To me, it just and maybe this is completely wrong, because I am not a psychiatrist, nor am I an expert in this field in any way whatsoever. Well, it's good for you that I am. Um, what do you know? It seems to me that it would work best if that person was just kind of, like, isolated completely from the world. Like, you don't get to watch anything, you don't get to see anything, you don't get to read anything. Well, I mean, and we cannot forget... And, we, and you can't participate in the voting. prison is a punishment for something very severe that you've done. Right. I mean, that's that's my thing. And I don't want to... I don't think we should lose sight of that. But I do think that we need to address that there are prisons that are, like, for-profit and they're really yeah. exploiting these people in a way that is only beneficial for their bottom line. Right. Like, they're, they are... They're people getting excessive... Um, excessive sentences and then there is no rehabilitation because if you don't rehabilitate them then they will be a return offender and they will come back to your prison which will give you more government funding and so it is an it is a for-profit situation and we that does need to be addressed but at the same time we still need to you know remember this is punishment yeah you did something really bad and there's punishment involved in this and so i mean that and I do think that some people who are like, well, we, we, they need to, you know, they need to have agency. They need to have, you know, a way to speak, to give their, you know, choice at the people who are their elected officials that represent them. And I'm, I do, I'm not saying I agree one way or the other, but I, I mean, that's not what I'm saying now. But it is, a, it is more difficult than I think people can can imagine. To me, that seems like, and obviously this is a vastly simpler issue, Mm -hmm. but the comparison to me is there. The idea of somebody who committed a serious felony crime being in prison and still being able to vote is almost the same to me as like a kid in school getting in a fight and getting suspended. And there being a test during their suspension period. Mm-hmm. And their school being like, oh, well, he can still come and take the test. Like, no, sorry. Like, you, so did, you, you knew what you did. So you don't think current serving inmates in prison should be able to vote? Is that your, is that your opinion? I don't think so. I, again, I understand the logic. 
and the and the and the compassionate reasoning behind somebody saying. I mean, I get it. People, they are being represented. These people that they're essentially voting for, say hypothetically, an inmate gets to vote. You're voting for someone who represents you as well as a citizen because you're still a citizen of the United States when you're in prison. Right. But you, you committed a felony. Yeah. You got You you're taken out of society. Yeah. And I think that's how I feel about it. I because. We agreed to disagree, this person on Facebook and I, because, yeah, they're being... But there has to be some form of punishment. And I think once you've served your debt to society, whatever that may be, then you get to return to it, in a sense. That's where I'm at right now. I This is one of those situations where I'm willing to... I'm very willing to be open-minded about the whole thing Mm -hmm. and very willing to have my mind changed at any moment. I am not committed to sticking to it like I am with other issues, you know? You can convince me of everything. And on The View the other day, Megan McCain was like, do you want terrorists and murderers and rapists voting once they get out of prison? And it's like, are they gonna get out of prison? Like, is a terrorist gonna get out of prison? Um... For that kind of thing. Well, if he's white, you better believe he will. <laughs> right. Well, and that's what Whoopi said. She's like, if he's paid his debt to society, then he's paid his debt to society. And that's what I'm the talking about. The judge is the one who sentences, and the judge is the one who gets to say, you owe me this much. You owe me 20 mm-hmm. years in prison. And if that's your debt, that's your debt. And that's what I was talking about earlier. There is definitely this mentality that comes from the right. Um that once you've committed a certain level of crime, you're suddenly, like, stripped of humanity. Right. Like, you must be a monster if you can do these kind of things. Oh, yeah, they love to paint people a monster. I mean, that's just... And not somebody who might need some mental help. Or right. Or somebody, you know, like, there are various and sundry reasons why somebody would commit a terrible crime. Uh-huh. This is one of those conversations that I think will pop up in other episodes yeah. coming forward because we are in the beginning months of the 2020 election. I don't know if I have it in me to fight that hard. Yeah. In 2020, I, I'm going to vote. I I will fight for everyone to understand how important it is for you to vote. We need to narrow it down quickly. I just don't know that I have it in me to live it every single day. Right. The way that I did in 2016. I right. lived that election. And I think we all did. It was all for naught. Yeah. But... The prison reform, the ability for people to vote after they've got out of prison. I want to revisit this after we do a little more research and think about it. Mm-hmm. And if anybody listening has any opinions, go to the Facebook page and give us your thoughts. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, go to at Kyle L. Henderson. And if you want to follow on Instagram, it's at Kyle L. Henderson. If you have big opinions about the things we talked about today or you just want to reminisce about the 90s with us, go to the Facebook page called We Need to Talk. If you want to leave a review, it will be read on the, on the show next week. So leave a review, give me five stars, because the more the more five-star reviews I have, the more people are going to find us, and the conversation can continue. I'll see you next time. Bye.